Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity of gathering together and learning from each other. We love this health message that you have uh, given to us. It has enriched our lives personally. And we want this message to go forth throughout uh, our communities, our state, our, our countries, the world, uh, this precious, precious message of hope, healing, and wholeness. Be with us today and help us to know how we can integrate the, uh, the information that we share today into our own lives, into the lives of others, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Vicki, welcome. You did an absolutely fabulous job. Thank you so much. Didn't you really appreciate uh, uh, Vicki's uh, life story is very, gives us all hope, doesn't it? Yeah, she, she leans real hard on Jesus. <laughs> I see it on a daily basis, and she has inspired my life in so many ways. Yes, all recovering train wrecks need to do that. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you. I'm so thankful for Evelyn. I'm telling you, this woman is so positive. She glows in the dark. She's had, she's had her share of trials, but trials well-born are an amazing thing to witness. Amen? All right. So we, maybe you were not with us last night, but we want you to know that we, we want you to be so blessed in this seminar. We want you to have education, inspiration and motivation. We believe that's what people need because if you can have so much information but if you don't have hope then the information crushes you and you wind up at Wendy's Burgers. It's the truth. <laughs> All right. Today we're talking about welcome everyone. You've come from the community and we're happy that you are here. We've created a beautiful environment for you, a tasting, a decorating. Madeline Hamblin is at the back here. She comes and does seminars on how to create a beautiful environment in your program because the people who walk through those doors, Madeline, they're going to make a decision. She's looking at me. Madeline tells us they are going to make a decision about your event in 38 seconds by what they see around them. So if you're tripping over boxes, unpacking stuff, the mimeograph sheet is sideways, you know, this is not the way we're going to do this, right? We're going to do it right. And Madeline's amazing if you need a teacher on this. All right, so today we're, we're beginning with our topic, fit and free. And our topic for our first session is building a better brain. Do you think it's possible to build a better brain? So throughout the course of this uh, series, and by the way, what I have been doing, and it's been very successful, is we do three of the four presentations during the week, and then the fourth one in church on Sabbath. It's a reaping series. We're getting decisions in four meetings. This is an amazing thing. So um, building a better brain. How many of you have a brain? If you have a brain, then you qualify for being in this, in this class. How many of you think that there's a relationship between your lifestyle and brain health? How about nutrition and mood? Memory, learning, behavior, stress, susceptibility. So there's this two-way highway going back and forth between the brain and the body. And we're going to learn about that during these sessions. 
So in a normal, in a regular program, we would be discussing five facts about the brain, but today we're breezing through and just giving you a sample of what your viewers will be experiencing and seeing. We want everyone who comes to a fit and free program to be filled with hope and courage. We want someone who is dying, who is not gonna get better, to wanna come and hang around you and be at this program. And I had that experience at the last series of meetings I did. A woman uh, had a return of aggressive rectal cancer. She came to the meetings. I had an MS patient come to the meetings. That's what we want. Because you know what? Truth be told, can we fix everybody? No. But can we add value to your life? No matter where you are, no matter what your circumstances. So the, the whole theme is adding value. Value to your meals. Add value to your thinking. Add value to your walk with God. Add value to your life. Would you like value added to your life today? We need the tools to do that because the addicted brain is working very hard. But it's not working smart. There's a battle out there. There's a battle for the environment. That's what surrounds you and how you think, your internal environment. There's a battle for your culture. There's a cultural battle going on. That's what pressures you. There's a battle for your biology. That's what changes you. There's a battle for the brain. That's what drives you. That's why this is a brain-oriented program, and it's a fitness-based program, and there's a spiritual battle out there. We all have to fight these battles on every single one of these levels. How many of you want to fight smart? Fight smart, absolutely. So your brain is dynamic. The Lord has engineered you to move forward. He made you to make it. That's enough to be thankful for every day. And if you're not thankful for that, you can be thankful you're not a lab rat if you can't think of anything else. That is the truth. I've really thought about that as I read these studies. The brain, this is uh, Matthew Deutsch, a psychiatrist who wrote a book called The Brain That Changes Itself. The brain is not an inanimate vessel that we fill. Rather, it is more like a what, folks? A living creature with an appetite. The brain is very hungry for real estate, and what we put into it changes the real estate of the brain in a tangible, measurable, visible way, one that grows and changes itself with proper nourishment and exercise. What does that tell you about God? I mean, what's the point of putting science up here if it doesn't tell us something about God? What does it tell you about God? If you've come from a crummy environment and you have bad genes, what does it tell you? It says there's hope, that you can move forward. This is an image of a neuron. The neuron is the basic unit of communication uh, in the brain. The neuropeptide is the basic chemical, excuse me, the neurotransmitter is the basic chemical of communication in the brain. And the interesting thing is that 95% of the brain is actually non-electrical, it is glandular, meaning that all of the 50 neuropeptides which we associate with being linked with moods, different mood states are capable of action at a distance. So when you're upset, where do you feel it? In your stomach, usually, your gut, something like that. So all 50 of these are capable of action at a distance. There's a two-way communication system going on between the brain and the body. Here's the fascinating part. All 50 of these chemical messengers, these molecules of information, these informational substances, all 50 of them are made, stored, and secreted by the mobile cells of your immune system, the cells of your respiratory system, and the cells lining the GI tract. 95% of serotonin 
is actually manufactured in the GI tract. So when you treat your body well, these messengers of well-being assist the brain to stabilize mood. There is a biochemical basis for steadfastness. I mean, I can pray for deliverance from depression all day long. God has power. He has promises. But if I sit on the couch and eat ding-dongs and watch Desperate Housewives, I'm not going to get anywhere. So he also has a plan. And his plan is built into my very being. Are you thankful for that today? He's an amazing God. So the point to remember is that the brain is not a computer that simply executes genetically predetermined programs. Nor is it a passive gray cabbage, victim to the environmental influences that bear upon it. Genes and the environment interact continually to change the brain from the time you're conceived until the moment you die. By the way, this is for all age groups, college, youth. This is oriented. It's a fitness and brain health orientation rather than you're old and sick and we're going to try to fix you. We want everybody to come. But the orientation is a fitness-based program, and it, that has more success with uh, fighting chronic disease than come to us, you're falling apart, we're going to patch you up kind of a paradigm. We, the owners, to the extent that our genes allow it, can do what? Actively shape these brains throughout the course of our lives by the choices that we make. There are many tools. Has God given us tools for forward movement? He has, they're his. Right at our fingertips for changing our mental health, both in correcting our problems and simply in becoming the kind of person that we want to be. And of course, we're gonna teach people how the source of all power and change is rooted in Jesus Christ and in salvation, amen? Mencius, the Chinese sage, said, knowledge imparts information, but no power to execute. One little old lady said, what's deep in the well is gonna come up in the bucket, and that is the truth. However, we can pray and claim promises all day long, but if we don't act upon what we know to do, then the change does not occur. It doesn't occur. It's a partnership with God, amen? What are the brain influences? Genes, environment, thank you. Choices and mindset. Ellen's gonna be covering that in just a few moments. What are the pieces for long-term success? First of all, we want you to have an assessment. We wanna know what's going on with you because some problems that might manifest themselves, we may interpret as having one source, but it may be an organic issue. For instance, there are some forms of Parkinson's disease that manifest as compulsive gambling. So you may think you're dealing with a spiritual problem or an addiction, but it, it might actually be an organic process that is going on. So having an assessment is really important. The environment is what is in you and how you think, what your attitudes are. Does the Bible talk to us a lot about the discipline of how we think? We've got nuclear power under our nose, don't we? and the external environment of how, uh, what we surround ourselves with. Lifestyle is a key piece for brain, body, and spiritual health. God has given us these principles. Creating connections is vital. The health consequences of social isolation are equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So we, we have not emphasized the need that we have for each other as we should and managing stress. And not only that, the connection that we must have with God in order to even desire to change or do the right thing. 
God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye upon you. He has individual care for each one of you. How many of you are thankful for that today? We're going to transition into night two now, which is the lifestyle piece. By the way, this presentation has way more slides than this, but we just want to give you a taste. So the first night they're learning about a topic, and in this series it's about build a better brain. The other series include things like heart disease and diabetes and stress and so forth, but this is the build a better brain series. So the second night that they come is on lifestyle. So there's always a lifestyle piece. So, and in the lifestyle piece we always do a demo. So I would like to have a volunteer and probably someone here at the front to come up and help me with a demo. What is the greatest source of sugar in the American diet, do you think? Yes. Would one of you come up and help me with this little demo? Yeah, come. Come, come. <laughs> what is your name? It's Paulette. Paulette. Where are you from, Paulette? I'm from Canada. Yes. I'm going to be a Canadian when I grow up. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm sure, I don't know if we can switch the lights on for this or not, but I'm sure you don't drink this stuff. I actually don't. But, but we have a lot of neighbors out there that may be drinking things that come in bottles like this. So we're just going to see a little bit about what may be in the ingredients in this product. How many grams of sugar do you see here? It's kind of dark. 48. 48. 48 grams of sugar. Okay, how much sugar is in one teaspoon? How many grams is in one teaspoon? Four. Four. Very good. You get an A. Okay, so if we've got 48 grams, how many teaspoons would that be? 48 Twelve. divided by four? Twelve. Twelve. Okay, let's hold the cup at the bottom, hold it at the bottom, and we're going to count. Everybody count with me, and we're going to go to 12. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Okay, so this is how much would be in a serving of this product. What's the next question? How many servings? When someone drinks this, do they drink the whole thing usually? Yes. Yes. But let's see how many servings. Can you, how many do you think are in there? Two and a half. Two and a half? Three. Three. So you're supposed to share this with two other people. It's not happening, is it? So how many more teaspoons do we need? 24. 24. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, and we get to 24. And this is how much sugar will be in a bottle of this soda. What happens when a person consumes this much sugar? Whoa. Their body goes. <laughs> Their body goes, wow, doesn't it? Yeah. And the brain, it affects the brain as well. Thank you. Let's give her a big hand. She did a great job, didn't she? Yeah, what happens when we consume so much sugar? It affects both the body and the brain. I think one of the worst things that this does is it throws off appetite hormones. And we don't know when we're hungry and when we're full. 
the Lipton and Grillin that kind of monitor whether, you know, when, we, when, we, when it's time to eat and then when it's time to stop, they get confused. They're dysregulated. And, uh, and so, and then there, and sugar creates an appetite for itself. The more we eat, the more we want. And so that's what's covered in the great sugar scandal. The number one source of added sugar in the United States population is soda. So we are reading the label. Whoop, 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 I hit the wrong button. Sorry. You can read the label where it says how many grams of sugar, divide that by four, and that's about how many teaspoons. There are two exceptions. If it's milk, there's lactose. If it's fruit, you've got some fructose there. So you ask the question, is there milk in the product? Or is there fruit in the product? But the rest would be the added sugars. Um, the recommended for, amount for the day is what? 25 to 35. How much was in one serving? And the recommendation for the day. So one serving is over the top when it comes to the recommendation. And if there are some other lifestyle issues, uh, then that recommendation is even lowered more. Those refined carbs, they provide those excess calories. They are one of the things that create more inflammation as well, thank you, as well as fats, these sugars, create an environment for inflammation. We have a whole, whole segment uh, called Hearts on Fire, which address the uh, issue of inflammation in the body. It lowers immunity and it impairs brain health. And for many, it can become very habit forming. Eating a high sugar diet over a long term alters the brain's ability to learn and remember information. Eating too much sugar can block insulin's ability to regulate how cells use and store sugar. This study shows that a high sugar diet harms the brain as well as the body. So what's the solution? If you've got a sweet tooth and you're craving sugar, the answer really is get your carbs in the right place. So we wanna eat the good carbs and that comes in the form of foods that provide adequate dietary fiber. And in this session, we talk about the different types of fiber. There is a soluble fiber that's found in beans and oats and barley. What's a great thing that soluble fiber does? Fills you up. It keeps blood sugars more stable. This is really a great therapeutic approach to help keep blood sugars stable. And it can help also lower cholesterol levels. It absorbs the bile salts in the intestinal tract so that they are excreted. So this is a part of what we share there. There are insoluble fibers. And these insoluble fibers are found in whole foods. God put them there in fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. And uh, these help move the food through the digestive system easier and faster. And then there is another form of fiber called resistant starch. And these also help with blood sugar levels, and it's found in uh, beans, legumes, starchy vegetable. What is a starchy vegetable? Potatoes, Potatoes corn, and rice. and rice, and also in pasta, and in slightly green bananas. Anybody like those? 
That's uh, the resistant starch. Then we do some comparison of meals. Let's look at a breakfast that's a bit low in fiber. This is a typical breakfast, don't you think? Uh, some cornflakes and orange juice. How much fiber do we have there? How much fiber do we need for the day? At least 30 to 50 grams of fiber a day. And this wimpy little breakfast, how much are we getting? And look at the calories. Let's compare that with breakfast number two, where we've got something like we had this morning, some of that good oatmeal, some uh, fruit, walnuts, and we've got 18 grams of fiber and less calories. So uh, showing how you can eat more and lose weight. You can eat more and help to, with some of these chronic diseases. Then we look at lunches. A typical cheeseburger, fries, and cola. How much fiber? Not much. Wimpy little six grams. And we've got 900 calories. But if we have a lunch that is, has a little bit of black beans and rice and a corn tortilla, we've got 21 grams of fiber for the day. And doesn't this look amazingly appetizing and delicious. So we have these comparisons of meals, making things practical. We read labels, we pass out uh, uh, cereal boxes, find the fiber and, and how do you choose a great fiber uh, breakfast. But the best is always the whole grain hot cereal, correct? And increasing fruits and vegetables. Of course, we want to increase water as we increase fiber as well. So in our first series, Build a Better Brain, we're talking about how do you power up the brain with, with nutrition and with exercise. And get, when, when you have this slow release of energy through fiber foods, you have a slow release of energy to the brain, so you have this continual supply, so you're not cut off. That wimpy little fiber breakfast doesn't last very long. And to have good brain power, you want good high fiber foods for that slow release over the next four to six hours. Transitioning into our third session. The third session is on our mental health. And this is a motivational piece. And uh, th th I love this PowerPoint on mindset. It's really about attitude. It's about how we look at things, isn't it? Uh, situate, the same thing can happen to two different people, but it can be seen through different eyes. And people can have different experiences. We base uh, this material on a book uh, from a social psychologist called, and her name is Carol Dwitt. And uh, she explores the difference between a fixed mindset and a learner mindset or a growth mindset. What is a fixed mindset? They believe that what you have in your life, your personality, your traits, that they're basically unchangeable. And I found that as I looked at this, I, I saw that, well, yeah, maybe we can change our ability. Uh, maybe we can learn things. But can you really change um, the your creativity? I saw that there were parts of my life that I was a fixed mindset and some a growth mindset. Is it possible to move from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset? A fixed mindset believes that if you have to work at something, then just don't even bother. 
I don't want to, I don't want to fail in this area, and that means that if I don't do well and I have to work at it, then maybe I'm just not smart enough. Is there an area in your life that you have wondered about that? A fixed mindset views themselves as either smart or dumb. They're either strong or weak. They're either competent or incompetent. There's a black and white. They're either a winner or a loser. They're either successful or they are a failure. A fixed mindset, when they have challenges, they want to stay away from them. They want to do the things that are easy where they know that they are going to succeed. Even six-year-olds, when they're put into a room, they, they find that there, there are fixed mindsets and learner mindsets. They are given puzzles. The ones with a fixed mindset wants the easy ones. They know they can do it. The ones with a growth mindset, give me something a little bit more challenging. I don't mind working at it. Obstacles, they can give up easily. If it takes effort, then they're not interested. When they get criticism, they just ignore it. And when others succeed, they see that as very threatening. A growth mindset is different. They will embrace challenges. They will uh, persist under obstacles. They, will be, they see that effort is the path to mastery. We see this in health issues, that people think if they have to work at it, if they have to think about creating healthy meals, if they have to make an effort to learn, then, you know, just give up. It should come easily. But working at something is the path to mastery. How did you get your degree? How did you learn the other things in your life? You spent some time with it. You worked at it. And this, is, this also takes persistence as well. When they see criticism, they learn from it. When others succeed, then they are excited and they are inspired. The growth mindset believes that although people may differ in many things, they can grow and improve. They have a passion for stretching and growing, even when they make mistakes. And those of you know that when we make mistakes, that's when we really learn, isn't it? When the challenges are there, that helps us to even push forward even more. I want to tell you a short story about Wilma. Wilma was the 20th child in a family of 22 children. Now, can you believe it? Have you ever known such a family? But she, uh, but she had a lot of challenges when she was a child. She had the measles, the mumps, the chicken pox, and whatever came along, and she also got polio. When she was six years old, she was put in a brace and told that she would not walk. Well, this little child, did take, she, she would take off her brace, and she would kind of drag her leg, and she just tr kept trying to walk. Well, she did learn to walk. She went to high school and she said, I want to be on the track team. She lost every race. But she says, I just want to keep improving. Well, Wilma had a positive outlook. She was self-forgetful. She was trusting. She was resilient. And she was forgiving. And she went to the Olympics with her running. What she said, whether at track event or at school or at the Olympics, I love the exhilaration that comes from just simply improving. Wilma was the first woman to win three gold medals for the fastest speed in the world in the Summer Olympics of 1960. Did she have to work at it? Absolutely. But she didn't give up, even though the obstacles were there. 
We're not prisoners of our genes or our environment. Poverty, alienation, drugs, hormonal imbalances, and depression don't dictate failure. We must remember that genetics is not destiny. Genes set boundaries for human behavior, but within these boundaries, there is immense room for variation. Determined by experience, personal choice, and even chance, we always, we always have the ability to remodel our brains. Is that good news? That is great news. news. So change can take time, but new beliefs can gain strength through what? Through practice over time. To get this learner mindset, successful people are not mistake free. They just don't give up. They just keep on going. And number three is they learn and grow and they spend time studying and reading the Word of God. They focus on those promises. They focus on the, the, the strength of God that can lead them through. God, Jesus says, learn of me. And as we learn, we, we, we develop this growth mindset. Thank you, Evelyn. Can you see how um, understanding and recognizing a learning versus a fixed mindset would be really critical in every area of life? Uh, and she uses examples of this. Her, the author uses examples of this in the sports world, in corporate world, in marriage, in school. Uh, think about it in the Christian life. If, if, I mean, the Lord's business with us is showing us our mistakes, isn't it? And if we collapse and fall apart and are destroyed every time we make a mistake because of this fixed mindset, then it makes moving forward in the Christian life. It's a rigid, inflexible temperament, but thank God it's changeable. Uh, some of, she uses uh, John McEnroe as an example of the fixed mindset. How many of you remember John McEnroe and Wimbledon tennis? People would watch tennis who didn't care about tennis to watch this man throw temper tantrums. I mean, he, if he missed a ball, he'd, be, he'd throw his racket down, break it, he'd be screaming. The, the, it was the, the sand wasn't right, somebody sneezed, it was a wrong call. It was always about, I'm, I'm a natural athlete, this should be easy. And so what a wonderful thing it is to learn that there's joy in the journey. God wants us to have joy in the journey. Imagine on your, your, with your weight management program or in a marriage. Imagine when two fixed mindsets marry. This marriage is made in heaven. If you have to work at it, there's something wrong with it. And, and so a learning mindset understands that love needs help. It needs work. And imagine in the Christian life. So what a great door of, of opportunity this opens to our understanding of how to move forward. 60% of what we do is just habitual. It's our attitude. We are, we are moving and making decisions based on habits of thinking. How many of you think our habits of thinking need to be broken up and retooled? Jesus demonstrates the quintessential learning mindset. The, the, the learning mindset is the mindset of Christians. And yet we, are very, we have a very difficult time with learning because learning usually involves failing. And, uh, and yet that's how we learn. So God wants you to have joy in your healing path. We are very goal-oriented as a people. So we're going to be happy when we lose that weight. We're going to be happy when we are perfectly whatever at, at whatever we do. But the, what happens is we get to that goal and then we realize that that isn't the source of our happiness. The source of our happiness is walking with God as we get there. Amen? Learning together with him. This is an amazing, uh, an amazing piece 
of, of the, the formula for success in any goal in life is adopting by deliberate choice a learning versus a fixed mindset. I'm going to just tell you quickly a story of uh, Jennifer Willett to illustrate this. Jennifer Willett was a woman who hated physics. She didn't think girls did physics. She wasn't good at it. She didn't like it. She didn't take it in high school or college. She had some kind of science degree but avoided physics did a postdoc, wound up at the National Institute of Health. Uh, one day, she was walk, coming down the stairs, and she noticed three Nobel laureates by the coffee machine trying to figure out what button to push to make a copy. And she had this moment of revelation that, that, that her thing with physics was more about familiarity than intelligence. Okay, very, very important revelation. She decided to investigate physics. She ended up writing a book called Black Bodies and Quantum Cats, and it's about understanding physics in everyday life. It was on the New York Times bestseller list for five weeks, and I got the book because I don't like physics. And uh, it's an amazing little book on physics. And so it's, it's about familiarity, not basic intelligence. Is there something in your life that you have thought is just too much for you? but you wish you could learn it? Well, I would say start. Hang out with people that are smarter than you. Be reading a book that's a little bit too hard. Amen? You've got to have a learning mindset to do that. Well, we're going to transition into our fourth presentation now, which is called Engineered for Success. This would be night four of the program. So, Engineered for success. We live in a postmodern society where evolution is the paradigm of the day. It, it, we have entered into an era of meaninglessness. So we need to introduce, we need to introduce our population that come to our program, the college students, the younger people that come to these programs, we need to introduce them to a God who has a plan for life, who has meaning in life, who has the solution to suffering. So we begin with engineered for success. Who of us can ever forget Hurricane Katrina? In August, in 2005, Hurricane Katrina slammed against the Gulf states with winds of 175 miles an hour, making it the most brutal and costliest hurricane in United States history. $175 million, I believe. I, I, that, that might not be the correct uh, amount. But 80%, the epicenter was New Orleans, and 80% of New Orleans was under 20 feet of water. 20 feet of water. The infrastructure, I have a, a, one of my background degrees is in public administration, and it's so interesting as we compare what happened in living color on television as this hurricane slammed into the Gulf states, the special challenges that came up and how the Bible addresses these specific challenges when it addresses our broken brains. Steps to Christ, uh, page 17, says man was originally endowed with a noble character and a well-balanced mind. When this hurricane hit these Gulf states, uh, 
15 million people were affected. 2,000 people lost their lives. We saw that the first thing that occurred to create chaos was damaged infrastructure. The hurricane, the, the, the primary uh, damage from the hurricane came from what? The original hurricane or what? There was a, another thing that happened. The levees. The levees broke and so the city was flooded as a result of the secondary damage from the levees. So the infrastructure was broken down. What is the infrastructure? What is the infrastructure of a city? What is it? It's the power, the sewage, communication systems, roads, emergency systems, all of these things were completely devastated. So the ability of this city to, to prosper, its economy was destroyed, its synchrony was destroyed, and so the ability of the communication network of the city was completely broken down, and it created a second problem. The second problem was weakened defenses. The weakened defenses, we saw it. We saw the vandalism, the vagrancy, the violence that occurred because of the vulnerable state of this city. It was now in survival mode. It could not prosper. Its economy was destroyed. And we have little posters, you know, in, that, we, that we have hanging in our offices that, like the cat hanging on a branch and it says, hang in there, that kind of thing. And in America, we praise people that are killing themselves with overwork, don't we? I mean, how are you doing? Oh, I'm just, you know, I, I've done it myself. Oh, I've, I'm like, I've crossed three time zones. I've done four camp meetings. I think I'm going to die. Oh, you're so dedicated. They, they don't dare tell you you're stupid. But that's what's really going on. So, we, we, you know, we have a hard time understanding how wrong this is and how destructive to the brain. A broken city has ceased normal function, and it is now in survival mode. It's a popular saying all over the world. I'm just hanging in there. I'm just, what? Surviving. I'm just surviving. No growth, no economy, can't learn. And here we bring people into our programs, and we want them to learn new stuff. But they're stressed out. And by the way, the brain generates new nerve cells all the time. But under chronic stress and a high-fat, high-sugar diet, those new cells commit suicide because insulin levels are high in the brain. Do you see how important it is? That the battle, we understand that the battle is not for the bulge, it's for the brain. It's not about weight control, it's about appetite control. That's a brain thing. Do you care more about your brain right now? Two people, okay. <laughs> what does the Bible say? Romans 1 chapter, chapter 1 verse 20 says that God uses the things that we can see to help us to clearly understand the things that we cannot see. And it compares, it compares the broken brain to that broken city. Look at this, a person without self-control has two problems, just like that city. It is what? Broken down, the infrastructure is broken down and it is what? Hence, it is vulnerable, it is without walls, the protection. Jesus said, I have you graven on the palms of my hand. Your walls are ever before me. Your protection, your well-being, his plan for your life is to build you, to restore you, to recover you, to recover what you've lost. And so here we see very, very clearly that God has a plan for restoration. 
renewal and recovery. And we have to understand the source of uh, the challenges that we face. It may come from stress, depression, bad habits, and addictions. These affect the brain. Now, let's say the Corps of Engineers moves into New Orleans and fixes the levees, fixes them. Is the city repaired? It is just that short-sighted when we think that just because a person has thrown away the cigarettes or the porn or whatever, all those are good things. We have to do that. I mean, Jesus does that for us. He puts a hatred in our heart for sin and we throw out the junk. But does the brain still need to go through a healing process? It's like a person with clogged arteries. They get rid of the milkshakes and the burgers, but are there, and they've made a decision, but now what has to happen? Now they have to be on a healing path so that the arteries can respond to new choices. It is no different with overcoming addictions, learning new habits, new principles of thinking. This is why so many die in their addictions because they, they, they don't have a plan. We need to have the plan of God. His, powers are, his power is amazing. His promises are strong. But without the plan, we get nowhere. We get nowhere. Genes, the environment, and choices. All of these things have a powerful impact upon brain and body health. Rebuilding a broken city requires a plan. So does rebuilding that broken brain. How many of you would like your brains to improve and look more beautiful? The Bible says that the Father's name is in the forehead of his people. Amen? This is an incredible thing. Now, your brain is going to be more beautiful over time. It's going to look more beautiful under imaging. My bulimic, messed up, runaway brain from my childhood does not look, and even from my young adulthood, does not look like my brain now because I've been walking with God. I've been walking in his plan. My brain lights up differently, and it looks more attractive, okay, under an image. Do you want a very attractive brain? Because when your brain is healthy, the rest of you is going to follow. God wants you to have a healthy brain. This is Norman Doidge again, psychiatrist. The brain is a far more what? open system than we have ever imagined. And God, nature, has given us a brain that survives in a changing world by changing itself. This is a message filled with hope for the hopeless. When we get people on these lifestyle programs, they lose courage faster than they lose pounds. That's the problem. Our relapse rate with lifestyle programs is very poor, and I believe that this is one of the reasons why. We need to learn how to minister to the whole person and keep people motivated in the process, teach them the tools that they need to fight and persevere through the tough stuff. Amen? Because it is tough. By viewing the muscle, this is a John Rady, a neuropsychiatrist from Harvard University who wrote a book entitled A User's Guide to the Brain. By viewing the brain as a muscle that can be weakened or strengthened, we can exercise our ability to determine who we will become. Ellen White says the understanding and the conscience may be united. The understanding and the conscience may be united. But if the will is not set to work, we will prove a failure. 
God will strengthen your will to do the right thing. And by the way, one of the most powerful ways to strengthen the ability of the brain to make a decision and move with it is exercise. A 10-minute walk improves mood for an hour, and it's like throwing, it's like sprinkling miracle grow on your brain. It increases growth factors in the brain, which, which help you to, to adapt and heal. There are organic changes that are going on in a sick brain. And those organic changes have to be addressed because the very areas of the brain that are required for initiating new behaviors and learning are the very things that are being destroyed by these deleterious habits. So we need to take people by the hand and help them to move forward. I tell people, if you have discretionary dollars, please don't get a $300 a month powder to make shakes. I mean, please, please don't. Please hire a trainer. Hire a trainer where you have to put on your clothes and show up. Because that exercise program is going to work mightily. And then the high fiber diet is going to give you the right nutrients in the right amounts. And it, what it's going to do is it's going to enhance, it's going to optimize the absorption of those nutrients, it will optimize their retention, and it will optimize um, their utilization. That's an amazing power package for the brain. The, the idea that the brain is like a muscle that grows with exercise is not just a metaphor. This tells me something about the God who loves me. It tells me, I mean, I should not have a working corpuscle in my brain. I, 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 was, I didn't eat for 20 years as a bulimic. Lived on coffee and donuts, drugs, runaway, high stress, beatings. It's a miracle that I'm standing here and that I'm speaking and making sense. God is good. Amen? God is good. I, I can sit and brood over what I could have been, maybe a rocket scientist, who knows? But here I am doing what I can with what I have left, amen? But what you have left can improve, and that's the thing I want you to go out of this room with. Yes, you were designed for more than just good health here. You were designed for a relationship with God. You can trust him. He made you to move you forward. Do you believe that today? Would you like to have that God leading you in your life? He says, I will guide you with my right hand. You will guide me with counsels. Principles of stewardship in the Bible. Principles of relationships. Principles of health. Principles of mental health. Principles of all kinds of living so that we can reduce unnecessary suffering. Suffering comes. It happens. But would you with me like to reduce the unnecessary stuff that we bring upon ourselves? I, I want that. This is, these are the programs you will be receiving, session one. It comes with the, a, an overview of the entire track with discussion questions, subject summaries, scripted PowerPoint notes. This is a very cool handout that goes with mindset. And a lot of the information that we're sharing with you from these programs is based on the three books that we've written, Foods for Thought, Simple Solutions, and Living Free. The magazines that you use to, uh, remember, evangelism is a process, not an event. You know, we pray. We send out postcards and we pray for the angels to drag people to our meeting because it's the truth. I did that when we came out with our first book. I thought that the police would have to come out and direct traffic, honestly. But I was really too busy to work with people individually. I mean, just come in, get the information, get it, go do it, and then we're done. I'm on to the next thing. That's not the way it works, is it? This work is about relationships, it's about soul winning, and keeping people with you for at least 18 months. That's a key, the steps of change. We don't have time to get into that tonight, 
I see Evelyn is coming up. We have the Balanced Living Tracks. By the way, brand new, the first six, we have 24 of the Balanced Living Health Tracks. The first six now have PowerPoints to go with them, and all the tracks are um, available in a larger size to use as a, as a handout at an evangelistic meeting. You can give a 10-minute gorgeous presentation. The tract is your script, and you hand it out at the evangelistic meeting. We're going to have all 24 of them done. Right now we have the first six. Praise God that we are in the ministry of preparing tools for you so that you can be a soul winner for Christ. Thank you. Let's close with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this opportunity. Help us to go forth and be your servants. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.